1 John chapter number 2. First uh, John chapter number 2. Is at a men's conference Friday night and Saturday, me and Dylan and Chandler. And uh, so we uh, we had a great had a great time Friday night and Saturday, uh, so it's been it's been a good week, good weekend. And uh, for those of you that are going or have talked about going next weekend, I know there's, a, there's several things going on, um, but next weekend I'm going to uh, Eufaula Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina, and I'm preaching their men's uh, no outdoor. It's this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. This coming this coming Saturday. Yeah, well, sorry, uh, this coming Saturday. Um, my days are all running together at this point. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, they have a big uh, outdoor, what, what do they call this thing? Is it a wild game be, uh, feast or something like that? Some kind of big deal. Having a bow shoot, and they're having all kinds of stuff going on, giving away a bunch of stuff. Anyway, I'm going to preach this thing in North Carolina. If, if you want to go, some people's already vote, uh, already said they're going and then regretted uh, they said they were going. Uh, Sean Cox and uh, he, he said he was going confirmed he was going then he found out how far away it was and uh, he said oh I don't know you, you have done you have done committed yourself so uh, so anyway if if nobody else goes it's me and brother Sean and uh, so it, it ought to be it, it ought to be fun we'll have a good time um, it's a great church up there you follow Baptist Church is a good place and so we'll have a good time and then we'll be done Lord willing with places going places for so October, and then those of you that want to be a part of that, uh, October is third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I think is certainly conference in New Philadelphia, Ohio. If you want to be a part of that, me and uh, Code Blaze and Kenny Morgan and uh, Brandon Briscoe are doing uh, the sessions up there. And so if you want to go to that, I, I promise you to be super encouraging, focusing on the next generation, really uh, handing down the. The doctrinal DNA to the next generation of what we are and how we do it and who we are and so that's kind of going to be the focus of it and uh, so it'll be fun we'll have a great time doing it it'll be a, be a, be a really good time um, all right so first John chapter number two first John chapter number two uh, we'll read we'll read uh, here here in just just a minute I, I want to kind of I want to kind of give you uh, go back through a little bit of where we was on the introduction side last week. Uh, if you look at the top of your paper, it's the, the title of the message is Marks of a Growing Believer, of a believer that is growing in Jesus Christ. And, and you know, I would say I like to compare, uh, I like to compare it to this. You know, it's said oftentimes uh, that the only person that can know that they're saved is themselves. And and I believe that that is true, 100%. Uh, that really, truly, the only person that can know that they're saved is, is their own selves. Why? Well, the Spirit bears witness within ourselves and lets us know that we're children of God. That's what Romans says. And so we know that we're children of God by the Spirit of God bearing witness within us. But I want you to make sure you understand there's, there's plenty of people that have deceived themselves into thinking that they're saved. Uh, there's plenty of people that have deceived themselves into, into thinking that they are saved and, and, and still having been void of a new birth, experiencing what it means to be born again, being reborn. And, and the only way 
to get out of your first birth is to have a second birth. Amen? Uh, Romans 5 and, and verse number 12 says, as by, as by one man sin entered, entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men. All men. And Romans 3 says that all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So, so everybody in this room, your first birth, according to Romans 5, 12, Romans 3, verse 20, it's all, it's, it, it's all jacked up. Your first birth is all jacked up. So, so, so Jesus told Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the only way to, to experience the kingdom of God is to have a new, uh, a new birth. Paul said it like this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. He was telling this Corinthian church to examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not. Uh, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. So, so Paul is given uh, this admonition to the Corinthian church that you need to prove yourselves to see. You need to examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. Now, now I will say there's plenty of people that have deceived themselves into thinking they are saved, and they're actually not. Uh, but but, but I, I want to make a comparison here. There's... I believe that there's, there's plenty of people that deceive themselves into, into believing that they are a grown disciple of Jesus Christ or that they are growing as a disciple in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? There's plenty of people that want to assume automatically because they are saved that they are growing. And just like you're saved and you should know it, you should be growing and you should know it. Amen? Does everybody understand that? You should, everybody understand where I'm coming from tonight? You should be growing and you should know it. And as bad as it would bother you to be lost, it should bother you equally as bad to know that you are not growing in Jesus Christ. Like it ought to be in your soul, it ought to be painful to know that you're not growing. Do you understand what I'm talking about when I say it ought to be painful that you, man, God, I can't believe God has given me this, this exceptional gift of salvation and I've done nothing with it. I haven't grown in the Lord at all. So I want to look at some stuff in 1 John and I want to, I want to identify some marks of a growing believer. And I think that I think that me and you can pull some stuff out of here that will be edifying to the church. 1 John chapter number 2 and verse 1. The Bible says, My little children... Uh, these things write out unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not ours only, but also for the sins of some of the world. I thought I'd throw that little Calvinistic poke in there. Of the whole world. Amen? I know the whole don't mean whole in the Bible, and all don't mean all in the Bible. I know, I know that's a funny little thing that we do nowadays, but it's really interesting when it says whole and all. Yeah. It don't actually mean whole and all. It means uh, the whole and all of the elect that were elected for the foundation of the world, which we know is a bunch of hogwash. Amen? And the church said amen. Amen. Uh, verse number three. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now I want you to look. They're starting a, fr a phrase that starts happening. It happens in verse four, happens in verse six, and it happens in verse nine. 
And uh, John, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is, is making a declaration, and I think we skip over it a lot of times. He says in verse 4, He that saith. Verse 6, verse six and we're going to go back and read the verses, but just for the sake of understanding where, what, we're trying to, what we're trying to get at. Verse 6, He that saith. Verse 9, He that saith. Now, now, what is all of these things that, that's being said? Verse 4, he said, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So there's somebody that's saying something that they're actually not doing. Verse number 5, But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected, and hereby, we, uh, hereby know we that we are in him. Verse 6, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So, so here it is. He that saith I'm abiding in Christ. Well, guess what? You should walk like him. Amen? Verse number, uh, verse number 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which he had heard from the uh, which he had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which he had heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which true which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Verse number nine: He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother, uh, he that loveth his brother, abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. So I think that you can see uh, that that John that John is is with the with the inspiration of the the holy spirit he has given us some things that we need to look at there are some people that saying things that don't line up with the things that they're doing everybody understand that there's people that are saying things how many of you understand that people say things that don't, don't always line up with what they're doing how many understand some of the most valuable people in the world are the people that say things and they do the things they say Everybody understand that? That, that? that some of the most valuable people in the world, I would say the most valuable people in the world, are the people that will tell you one thing and without, they will, they will inconvenience themselves to the, to the nth degree to make sure that they accomplish what they told you they would do. That's a big deal. What's that called? Moreover, brethren, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. The one thing that God is looking for in our stewardship of what we've been given in Jesus Christ is not how to do better, it's how to be faithful. And when we and be faithful to what God's called us to. Amen. So, so we looked last week, we looked at the first one. A growing believer is someone who submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. A growing believer is someone who submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we don't have uh, time to go all the way back through that, but, but that verse number four, he, he's saying, He that saith, I know him, and keep not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
Uh, but whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfecting. We dealt with that last week uh, about this idea and this understanding of what it meant to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we come to, we come to this conclusion, that when we got saved, we called on the name of the Lord. We, without knowing it, now, now, look. I know. I know. Salvation is watered down, and when you and when, what we what we do now, and not necessarily here, but most places, what is done, it's a watered down version of, of something, right? And so, what happens is we forget that part to where you called on the name of the Lord, like He is He is the Lord. Like I think sometimes we might have to define what Lord means before we let people call on Jesus. Like, you need to know what you're getting into before you get into it. Amen. Well, I just want to go to heaven. Well, well, well do, you, do you want a Lord? Because that's what you got to do. You got to give up rights. You got to come up under your Lord. And so a growing believer is someone who submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But how do people submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And we went through all of this in, in, in the... the the basics, understanding of how to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is whosoever will keep his words. How, how am I going to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? The only way I can do that is the Word of God. You cannot submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ outside this book. Why? Because submission and understanding His will doesn't come through spiritual osmosis. It, you, you're not just going to one day understand, well, I know what it is to be a good person. No, you don't know what it is to be a good person because there's no... Paul said that there's in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And so we, we understood, we, we looked last week and we figured out, man, the only way to, to, to be able... And, and this is what Jesus said. If you love me, and let me, let me add this in there uh, without changing anything. If you really loved me, like you say you love me. Like if you love me, if you, if, if you, if you really love me, you're going to have to keep my commandments. John 14, in, in that same chapter in verse 21, he says it like this. He that, he that hath my commandments... And he keeps them. Well, look, last week in, in, in Bible and other places in this Bible, this word keep is translated as guard. And, and he that hath my commandments and keepeth them and, and guard them, he it is that loveth me. So the only way that I can submit myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ it's through the Word of God. And we, we laid out last week what discipleship would do in that process of submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Number two, number two, a growing believer is someone who develops the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at, look at verse number six with me. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even... As he walked. So, so, so 
In other words, the Bible is telling us that we ought to walk like Jesus walked. Now, I know, I know there is a group of people out there that think this is an asinine reality. It's like, how many, how many, and we'll get to this in a minute. But how many ever heard of the, uh, the, the book, uh, I think it's Walking in the Light or Walking with uh, Smith, Shelton, somebody, Shelton, somebody wrote, wrote I didn't see the first name or last name. But the, but the movement, uh, What Would Jesus Do Movement, it came from that book. That's where it came from. It was originated out of that book. And it was this one guy that, that was asking the question, what would Jesus do? Now, his was a whole lot more biblical than ours is because ain't nobody got a whole lot of biblical sense, but they're telling us what they think Jesus would do. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Bible's telling you and me that we should walk like Jesus walked. Now, let, let me say, you are going to struggle to walk like Jesus walked. Well, how do you know that? Why don't you look with me? Look, look, at, look at Romans chapter number 7. I think it's on your outline. Romans chapter number 7 and verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul. Uh, the, possibly the greatest, uh, the, pro probably the greatest Christian ever walked in shoe leather. He says, now then it is no more I that doeth it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, now he's talking about the things that he don't want to do. He's saying it's, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh. Remember, in my flesh dwells no good thing. Dwelleth no good thing. For to will... It's present with me. So, the, so the, the will, the will to do the thing that, that, that needs to be done, it's present. How many of you, has anybody in here ever find yourself and you have the will to do what needs to be done, to walk like Jesus walked? But you're like, you're, you're like, you're like Paul in that, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. You ever do that? You ever have that in your heart? You ever have that in your soul? The will to do it, to, to, to do the good thing, but, but, but deep down in you, you you're, you're, you're struggling to perform that which is good. Verse 19, he says, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. <laughs> now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. So, so you you're gonna you are going to struggle. But should you live there? Should you live in the struggle? Should you live that? No, you shouldn't live there. No, it's absolutely not the case. You should not live there. Now, now I had a friend of mine tell me. Uh, it had this little phrase years ago, and, and this is one of the greatest phrases that I think that we could ever use in terms of how to define hypocrisy or inconsistency. He said, we, we all struggle with living consistent with what we know is right. And he said, a hypocrite, though, is someone who never intends to be what he pretends to be. A hypocrite is someone that... that uh, uh, who never intends to be what they are pretending to be right now. 
Like they're not growing. They're not working towards what they're pretending to be. They never intend to be that. They just always intend to pretend and they always tend to fly under the radar. They always intend to make sure that nobody gets on the inside of their life to be able to call them out. You see, all of this, all of, all of what we know about me walking the walk of Jesus Christ and developing the lifestyle of Jesus Christ is predicated on the idea that I have submitted myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you, uh, before we get, have you submitted yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Look, look with me, and, and uh, th- this is not in your outline, so go to Psalm 85. Psalm chapter number 85. I want you to see this. Great verse in the Old Testament that's going to kind of help us get where we need to go with this thought. Psalm 85 and verse 13. Psalm 85 and verse 13. The Bible says, Righteousness shall go before him. Righteousness. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Make sure you get this. We, we've got to understand this Psalm 85 deal that when my life is consumed with the righteousness of God that I have in Christ, it's going to go before me. What happens when it goes before me? Well, it sets us in the way of His steps. You see, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll indulge me just for a moment, here's the deal. You know as well as I do. Sin begets sin. Righteousness begets righteousness. Some people, some, some people, listen, it, it, ain't that, it ain't that I'm super spiritual. Well, you, 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 go into sinful, you go into sinful environments and you seem not to get caught up in the sinful environment. Because sin begets sin. If you if you was if if sin let's reverse engineer this thing if sin is going before you then you're going to walk into sin if righteousness is going if righteousness is is what your life's been about then guess what where you're going you're going to walk in righteousness if sin is where you've been guess what guess what you're going to walk in what. You're going to walk in sin. It's not that sinners are are drawn to you. Well, I just don't know why these people feel like they can tell me all their jokes. There's a reason. Sin begets sin. Righteousness. It begets righteousness. See, the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus is, is one of them things. That it, it happens every single day. First Peter chapter 2 says it like this. For, where, for 
even hereunto were you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us, you ready? Leaving us an example. That you should follow his steps. Jesus Christ left us. This is Peter. This, and now, now make sure you understand, one of the biggest failures in the Bible is Peter. One of the biggest failures ever written about. Right? David, Peter, I mean, two, two, two of the biggest failures ever, ever, in the Bible, that ever written about in the Bible. Right? Does everybody understand that? When you look at them, you're like, man, them dudes, they fell slap on their face. Right? Uh, David fell on his face, and yet he's a man after God's own heart. Peter, Peter is walking with the Lord, and Peter's beating his chest. Lord, I'll never deny you. And then everybody knows what happens. Some old crazy girl comes up and says, Hey, we seen you with Jesus, and he denies him. What? No, I remember seeing you with Jesus. No, that wasn't me. The third time, he starts cussing old gal out and says, I don't know. I wasn't with him. I don't know the man. And then he tells everybody that he'd been walking with for the last three and a half years, Hey, I'm going to go back fishing. I don't really believe all that stuff I've seen with my very own eyes. I mean, I, James, Peter, and John, I mean, literally seen the glorification of Jesus Christ. Literally heard God the Father talk. Eh, maybe that wasn't real. Maybe that was just all an optical illusion. I'm going back fishing. Whatever the case was in Peter's life, he was a major failure. And the major failure comes back on the scene in the latter part of his life when he's writing 1 Peter. In chapter number 2, he said, He left us an example that you should follow in his steps. Well, he ain't got no room to be talking. It could just be that he knows what it's like to fail. Some of the greatest failures in life are some of the greatest testimonies. Because they can tell you what not to do. Hey, listen, I know what it's like, guys. Don't do this. If you do this, this is the consequence. I know and not everybody listens. A lot of people are hard-headed and all that stuff. But Peter does have, does have that on his side. So what's the key to developing the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ? John 15. John 15 and verse 4. John 15 and verse number 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth, what is it? Much fruit. And then the, the big statement that Jesus makes for without me. You can do nothing. For without me, you can do nothing. What does it look like to develop the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it's a life of reliance. It's a life of full reliance. What is that? It's a life of abiding in Christ. Why? For without me, and now that may be the part that you're missing. Walking and developing the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a legalistic thing that you can do. It's not a, a list of rules and a list of do's and a list of don'ts that you can do. And everybody, I think most people in the room know that. 
But just for the sake of maybe somebody not knowing, it's not things that you can do to, to look like Jesus Christ. Well, what is it? It is abiding in Christ. Here's what happens. The branch clings to the vine. The branch actually grows out of the vine because it is abiding in the vine. It grows out of the vine. And, and, and the branch receives whatever nutrients that it needs to grow from the vine. You ready for this? The branch rests in the production of the vine. The branch rests in the production of the vine. The branch doesn't rest in the production of the branch. The, the greatest day of your life is when you're set free from trying to produce anything out of the branch. Out of yourself. That's the greatest day you'll ever live. When you finally get to the place to where you realize you can produce nothing because you're a branch, you're not a vine. That's why, that, that's why Paul said, you know, some plant, some water, but God gives what? God gives the increase. It's, it's fine to plant, and you should. And it's fine to water, and you should. And praise God for planters and praise God for waters. But here's what you got to remember. There is no fruit to be had. Why? Because God, the branch, I mean the vine, gives the increase. So I cannot adequately develop the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the branch does not produce fruit. It, you ready? It only bears the fruit. It only holds the fruit. It doesn't, it doesn't produce it. It doesn't, it doesn't create it. It only bears what is coming through it because the branch has abided in the vine. And how many, how, many times, how many times do me and you, do we try to produce things without the abiding in Christ? I mean, we try to be good people. I preached on that yesterday at the men's. I did what, I somehow or another combined uh, 10 or 12 weeks down into an hour, well, like an hour, hour and 10 minutes, something like that. And and um, and understanding, man, and pretty much all that it was was encompassed around this one idea that if we don't abide in the vine, we don't get to produce anything. You ready? You don't get to produce anything that will not burn up at the judgment seat of Christ. All of it burns up there. So you can produce what looks like fruit. It's kind of like that flower, that this little deal right here. That's not real. But it can look real and it can serve a purpose to look real. You understand that? It's not real though. How many of you understand it ain't real? Everybody understand that? This is not a real leaf, but it looks, it looks and it takes on the form of a real leaf. Listen, if what you guys are doing up here in praise and worship. If it's not real and it's not praise and it's not worship, it can look like that, it can take on the form of that. But at the judgment seat of Christ, this right here, this junk right here is going to burn up. Why? Because it ain't real, even though it looks real. Why? Well, because it was produced from a branch, not a vine. And so whatever's produced from the branch is going to burn up. Whatever's produced from the, the vine is the only thing that's going to stay. Why? 
Because it's the judgment seat of Christ, not the judgment seat of the Christian. It's not what the Christian can do, it's what Christ can do through the Christian. It's what Christ can do through man. And, 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 and people don't like that because we like to have our hands in everything. We like to be made feel like we do, we done. So that's why people don't like, oh, you're, you're all the time telling us how bad we are. Like, if you can't look in the mirror and tell that, you got problems anyway. Like, our motives ain't always pure. Everybody understand that? Our motives ain't always pure. Our hearts ain't always right towards our brothers and our sisters. Our hearts ain't always right towards the things of God. We've got issues. Amen? But here's the deal. God wants us to understand that and get us to a place to where we're okay with God receiving glory and not us. That's why it's the vine and it's not us. Because God is worthy and he's the only one worthy to be praised. Amen? So we've got to abide. We've got to abide in the vine. I, 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 look, look at John 14. I, I was going to skip this one, but we'll, we'll look at John 14 real quick. John 14, verse 10. Believest thou, believest thou not that I am in my Father, and my Father in me, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Jesus Christ didn't even, Jesus Christ wasn't even in, in, in his earthly form right here. The very Messiah is pointing to the Father. You see that? How do you do these works? But the Father that dwelleth in me, you ready? He doeth the works. Jesus Christ is saying, the Father that dwelleth in me, he's doing the works. The lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ only happens when we're willing to give up control. Now, what about this, this you know, this WWJD business? What would Jesus do? And, and my, my kids, they, they have them... They have them bracelets and all that, and, and, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's what I would say. Knowing what Jesus would do assumes that you, you would know what Jesus has done. It would also assume that we would know what Jesus would not do. And I found out something, what I felt like was a pretty interesting thing. What would Jesus do is almost an assumption that Jesus was here, but he ain't here no more. When the fact of the matter is, Jesus is here now. Most people paint that picture like he went home and he's coming back later, but, 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 but it's Jesus Christ that dwells in us. Like we're the temple of God. Jesus Christ dwells in us. And our relationship to sin, in our relationship to obedience, measures our fellowship with God. And so, me and you, we have to develop the lifestyle of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
by abiding in him. And, and let me give you this, this last one and, and, um, and, and we'll be done. A growing believer is someone who reveals Jesus through their love, through love for his brother. A growing, uh, a growing believer is someone who reveals Jesus Christ through love for his brother. Look, look at verse 9. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even though now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. He that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and know not whether he goeth, because he is in, uh, because that the darkness hath blinded his eyes. Now, now, what's interesting about about this is that there's there's the same kind of uh, of phrase that John hears. In John 13 and verse 34, he says, a new, this is Jesus talking, a new commandment, I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this, all men shall know that you're my disciples. You ready? If you have love one to another. Now this is on the heels of Jesus Christ just getting done washing the disciples' nasty, disgusting feet. Amen? Feet are gross. I mean, and can you imagine washing a bunch of dudes' feet? 24 of them babies. That'd be awful. 24, 20, 20, 24 feet, 24 nasty, disgusting feet with no shoes on. And he says, here, here it is, guys. This is how I love you. And I'm demonstrating this right now. What, what, what was that demonstration? That demonstration was laying his life down before them to wash their feet. Now, do you do that? Do you do that for your brothers? Do you do that for your sisters? Daniel mentioned that this morning. Do, do we do that? Do we lay our lives down? Are we more consumed with what we can get and our wants and our needs and our desires than our brothers and our sisters in Christ. The Bible says that we're to esteem others better than ourselves. These things are guides. These three things, they're guides. They're indicators. They're, they're marks. They're not legalistic things, especially this last one. You can fake, man. You might be able you you might be able to get around and fake the first two. But you know what? You know what I found? Most people cannot fake. They can't fake love for their brothers and sisters. Just can't do it. It always ends up coming out. The claws always come out. So, number one, a growing believer is someone who submits the lordship of Jesus Christ, someone who develops the lifestyle of Jesus Christ, and someone who reveals Jesus through their love uh, for their brothers. I got a couple more verses, and Daniel, you, you can come play that piano if you would. If you're in here and you want to grow in a real walk with Jesus Christ, it's going to come through the Word of God in prayer. That's how it's going to start. 
We say in discipleship all the time, the word of God and prayer. The word of God. Is that, that's one of the goals. Is, is the believer growing in the word of God and prayer? It's one of the markers that we're looking for. Is the believer growing in the word of God and prayer? You want to grow? It's going to start with growing in the word of God and prayer. Well, how, how do I start there? Well, Paul, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, I think it's on the screen, ain't it, bro? Well, it was. Um, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I'm reading this verse, and I'm like, man, that's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. And you know what happens? A lot of people take that verse, and they, they make it, they apply it to all kinds of things that we think are childish. But, we're, you know, if we're going to let the Bible define the Bible, and that's what we try to do around here, we try to let the Bible define the Bible. And so I ask myself, what are childish things? What is the childish things that Paul said? Look, look when, I, when I, I was a child, I spake as this child, and I understood as this child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Look, look with me one more second right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. You ready? Even as unto babes children in Christ little babies little, little children and he says in verse 2 I have fed you with milk because that's all you could take and not with meat for hitherto you were not able to bear it neither yet now are you able so I'm, I, I, I made the declaration I want to grow in my relationship with Christ. I want to be a growing believer in Christ. I want to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I want to develop the lifestyle. I want to love my brothers like I've never loved my brothers and sisters before. But here's the kicker. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every teenager has got to be willing to put away childish things. If you're not willing to put away childish things, what are the childish things that i got to put away with? My carnality. My flesh has got to be put away. Why? Because I can't. Because you can't eat like God wants to feed you. You can't eat of God. You can't eat the meat God wants you to have. That's why. That's why. Listen. That's why people. I I know for sure. That's why people are are even in the in ten class on Wednesday night. Even in here, people are hearing the Bible preached like God called it to be preached. And the understanding of such is almost all oh, they're just too over my head. And you know what it is? They have not put away childish things. And you can't eat the meat God wants you to eat. Everything's gotta be, everything's gotta be milk. That's why the church in America is in such a bad way. Because we've got to preach, it's all the time, we've got to preach milk sermons. We gotta we gotta bring it in and we gotta preach milk sermons for everybody to be able to get. Well, that's what you should do. Or should you be accountable and grow and put away childish things so that you can eat the meat of the word of God? Should, that should be what happens, right? Why? Because that is what God's called us to. He's called us to grow. Amen. Let's do this. Every head bowed.
take you take you just a minute where you are. And I want you to talk to the Lord yourself. Maybe take a minute, or it will take a will take thirty seconds, a minute or so. Maybe you deal with the Lord. Let's just get quiet before the Lord. Let's get still before the Lord. You want to come to the altar? You want to do that? Brother Daniel's going to sing a verse. I don't know where you are, but I would dare say there's probably some people that need to put away childish things. Number one. And maybe somebody in here and you need to be saved. If you die right now, you're like, man, I don't have any assurance of my own personal salvation. If I die right now, I'm worried about where I'm going. I can take a Bible and show you. Miss Tori, if you're a lady, can take a Bible and show you. Brother Dylan can show you. Miss Candace, wh whoever. We, look, somebody can show you how to come to faith in Christ. How to know that you know. Be 100% sure. But if you're in here and you're saying, man, I, listen, I'm contemplating this growing and putting away childish things. Man, would you, would you seriously consider what that looks like in your life? Would you seriously consider uh, submitting yourself to the process of discipleship? Would you consider laying your life down before the Lord today? I'm going to give you a minute. We're going to get still before the Lord. Like I said, if you, if you want to come to the altar, you can. You don't have to. But I want you to get serious with the Lord for just a minute. Let's, let's, do, let's do what we can do this morning.